You're smart. Your TV is smart. That's why you cut the cord. But you need one more thing. Alaska's news source. Watch live or when it's convenient for you. Here's how. Just search Alaska's news source on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, or Android TV. Install and enjoy. It's completely free and has everything you need in one spot. Breaking news. Statewide weather. In-depth investigations. Start streaming Alaska's news source live today. Collision after collision. A driver's worst fear comes true today on the Glen Highway's Connect River Bridge. Dozens of vehicles pile up. Someone who was there shows us what it was like to be right in the middle of it. And freezing fog is making for slick roads across Anchorage and the valley while temperatures keep dropping. I'll let you know what you need to be prepared for heading into the weekend. Plus, a massive drug bus spanning from Central America to Alaska. Details ahead. It's this kind of intrepid reporter that makes Alaska so, uh, so special in terms of news broadcast and makes our Alaskan of the week so special. And honoring our very own Maria Downey, one of Alaska's U.S. Senators speaks very highly of her on the big stage on the floor of the U.S. Senate right ahead of her retirement. You're watching Alaska's News Source. There's cars, there's cars being smashed left, left and right. A massive pileup on the Kinnick River Bridge's southbound lanes. Alaska State Troopers now say there were 37 vehicles involved. Here you see officers moving a car in the middle of the pileup. Troopers say they have not heard of anyone who was seriously hurt, but more than a dozen people were taken to the hospital. The troopers say it all began when a driver on the bridge began heavy braking to try to avoid hitting another vehicle, then lost traction and began spinning. Troopers say a third driver then hit the spinning vehicle. This caused a chain reaction. Troopers say there was dense fog at the time with the collision and visibility was only one vehicle length. Scott Herbert, who was toward the beginning of the pileup, says it was hard to see what was right in front of him. I was just trying to look for uh, some brake lights, uh, just to make sure there's nothing in front of me. And man, it, it, I couldn't see very far in front of me, is basically what I'm saying. And all of a sudden, I saw two or three different brake lights. And I thought, oh man. So I slowed down as best I could, but we were right on top of it. Um, Herbert called himself lucky, saying his vehicle didn't have any damage. The road was closed for more than two hours, but reopened early this afternoon. Troopers are asking anyone who was involved and hasn't been interviewed to contact them. The temperatures in this area have held below zero most of the day with that freezing fog of concern all across South Central. Chief Meteorologist Melissa Fry joins us now with a closer look at what we need to prepare for tonight. Yeah, Mike and Maria, that fog really impacting visibility as you could see in the video there. But also when you have fog, when temperature is cold as they are, that creates an additional layer of moisture in the air. And anything that that fog touches, that does create an additional layer of ice. And we're seeing that in the valley. We're seeing it uh, all the way down the Glen and here in Anchorage as well. Here's a live look at current conditions from 
from Glen Alps looking down uh, there over the city. And you can see that fog just hovering there over South Anchorage, pushing up into parts of the west side uh, of town. But as that fog rebuilds along the inlet all the way up Kinnick Arm, uh, could see similar conditions tomorrow again with that fog right over that highway surface. Temperatures are cold. We're at two below right now here in Anchorage. Fortunately, the wind is calm, but those temperatures also below zero now at Mural Field out of Jay Bear, uh, seeing below zero temperatures as you head all the way up into the valley. It's currently five below in Wasilla, nine below in Telkeetna, and three below in Kenai. And again, these temperatures are going to continue to drop through the night, likely even a couple degrees colder than where we started today. We do have wind chill advisories now in effect for most of the southwest corner of the state and still in effect for the slope. Again, we are seeing wind chill values reaching dangerous levels in these areas. A really important that you protect any exposed skin. And then we also now have a winter storm watch in effect for the Copper River Basin as another storm system pushing in there tomorrow. But for Anchorage, the Valley, the Kenai, again, be prepared for those temperatures once again to drop well below zero tonight. Now in Juneau, cold is not the problem. In fact, temperatures are on the rise there, and so is the freezing level. After three days of record-setting snowfall, followed by that rain, the avalanche danger rose quickly. There were multiple avalanches on Basin Road and above Barron's Avenue. Now, no injuries or damage was reported, but there have been road closures off and on. Now, the good news is that break that we saw in the weather today allowed forecasters to drop the avalanche danger to considerable. That's about a three out of five, but that isn't expected to last for long. With warming temperatures and more rain and wind in the forecast, that avalanche danger tomorrow is expected to be high with very large avalanches possible, uh, which means residents and avalanche paths should stay on high alert and people should avoid all avalanche terrain in Juneau including in those urban paths. So again, a tough situation, again, both with the cold weather and with that storm pushing into southeast. I'll more details on the extended forecast here in just a bit. All right, thank you, Melissa. Dane Road near Juneau is now open. There's some good news there. That's right. That's according to the State Department of Transportation, but it says a complete closure is likely over the weekend. That's because of the forecast and the expected high avalanche hazard. DOT says those living in that area should take advantage of the road being open now to prepare for a future closure. And you can download the Alaska's Weather Source app to stay connected to this information and all the day's weather. Well, it's a massive drug bust that took two years and spanned from Mexico to villages here in Alaska. Investigative reporter Rebecca Pasha stands by with more on that story. It is described as one of the biggest drug trafficking events in the history of Alaska. 53 defendants have been charged for allegedly trafficking large amounts of drugs, mostly fentanyl. So that announcement today from the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Alaska. This is a very complex story, but it starts in California. U.S. Attorney of Alaska, Lane Tucker, described the ongoing multiple agency investigation. She says Horacio Sanchez Rodriguez ran an organized crime and drug trafficking ring targeting Alaska from his prison cell in California. She says the drugs came from Mexico and that inmates from Highland who were about to be released would then sell the drugs. Tucker says Sanchez Rodriguez and Tamir Brin and Kevin Peterson also allegedly killed two women, Sunday Powers and Cammie Clark, near Trapper Creek in May of last year. And according to court documents, Sanchez Rodriguez, Brin, and Peterson coordinated the kidnapping. To those that think they can bring dangerous drugs into our state, 
without being held accountable, let this group of dedicated law enforcement officials demonstrate that we will not rest until we can find you, arrest you, and hold you accountable for your actions. The grand jury also indicted Edward Guinness and Samantha Pearson of North Pole who, with offenses related to their role, giving fentanyl to a man that resulted in his death. All right, thanks, Rebecca. A very sad story tonight out of Norvik, northwest of us uh, here in Anchorage. State troopers confirming a fire killed a woman and five children early yesterday morning. Beth Verge tells us troopers say it started near a Toyo stove bath. Well, Maria, Mike, certainly a heartbreaking situation out west in this tight-knit community of fewer than 1,000 people. And if you aren't familiar with the town already, you can see, well, it's quite remote, situated between Kotzebue and Selwick in the western region of the state. As for the fire itself, not too many details being made publicly available today, in part because of limited information, but also out of respect for those the family involved. Now, what we do know, though, this single structure of family residents caught fire around 6 a.m. Wednesday morning, killing six. Troopers say community members were quick to respond to try and help, but by the time people arrived, it was too unsafe to go in and attempt any rescues. It was an older resident, um, and certainly, it, you know, there were some um, concerns about, you know, the electrical and the heating there. But exactly what the cause of the fire was is undetermined at this point in time. The deputy fire marshals, you know, were investigating the cause of the fire. And, of course, it's very challenging because not only do you have, you know, not much left of it, but an inch of ice covering pretty much everything. And Governor Mike Dunleavy and First Lady Rose Dunleavy, who is from Norvik, sharing condolences on social media, writing in part that they, quote, understand how deeply these tragedies are felt in close-knit communities. They added, as we mourn the loss of those precious lives, we pray for our friends and the entire Norvik community. Authorities, while again not pointing to a precise cause, adding today that all Alaskans need to be sure to have proper fire, smoke, and carbon monoxide alarms in place in their homes. Many communities have organizations that will help you install these if you do not have them for free. Maria, Mike. Oh, heartbreaking story out of Norvik today. Still ahead tonight, a judge voices concerns about a plea deal in a Palmer courtroom today. Details on the case of the man who pleaded guilty to manslaughter and his wife. You're watching Alaska's News Source. News since 5, a Palmer judge accepted a plea deal today for the man who pled guilty to manslaughter in his wife's shooting death. His wife, a UAA staff member whose death left the couple's two sons without a mother. Carly Schreck tells us why the judge had concerns today. After an emotional day in a Palmer courtroom Wednesday, a Superior Court judge took the night to consider a plea deal in the case of Michael Anthony Jackson. A Wasilla man troopers say admitted to killing his wife back in 2022, but his attorneys argue was in self-defense. That judge making his decision Thursday morning. Please rise. Superior Court Judge John C. Cagle was unsure of a plea deal between state prosecutors and Jackson's defense attorneys. I am hesitant in one area of the agreed upon sentence. The deal brought murder charges down to manslaughter for killing his wife, 43-year-old Christina Jackson, a founding member of UAA's pharmacy program who left behind her two children with Jackson when she was killed. As part of the plea, Michael Anthony Jackson would serve 20 years in prison with 13 of those suspended and five years probation. 
But it wasn't the presumptive range of time served that bothered the judge. I don't find that that's too lenient. What I do have a concern with is the five years probation. According to him, a five-year probationary period isn't enough for Jackson to complete necessary rehabilitative measures, and that its length is comparable to that of a felony DUI, rejecting that portion of the plea and countering with 10 years probation. Do you need any time to think about it? I do not. Are you sure? Yes, sir. And you understand that this would be adding five years to the five years that you've already agreed to for I probationary term? I do, Okay. With all parties agreeing, Jackson's case now comes to a close. The judge saying it is a priority of the courts to carefully consider the possibility of rehabilitation. In Palmer, Carly Shrek, Alaska's News Source. Well, tonight an Anchorage man's murder trial is underway nearly five years after the state said he killed his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend while he attempted to defend her. McKee Thompson faces first and second degree murder charges after the state told jurors Thompson and Robert Smith shot and killed Sosea Fanau on April 12, 2018. Prosecutors say when Thompson went to his ex's Mountain View apartment and started arguing with her, Thompson Smith shot him 15 times with Thompson and the ex's 11-month-old baby right there. Fanau stepped in to defend the girlfriend. Today, prosecutors played 911 sound and questioned witnesses who claimed they heard gunshots. First responders also described how it appeared Fanau had been shot numerous times all over his body. The evidence will show, ladies and gentlemen, that Cecilia Fanau was killed at a moment when he was surprised, outnumbered, and overwhelmed. Now, the defense did not offer an opening statement today. Court resumes again on Monday when defense experts are expected to testify. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Click subscribe so you can get the latest podcast from Alaska's news source automatically. And stay up to date with breaking news and in-depth reporting available for free 24-7 with the Alaska News Source app.